Fringe Festival Special. So it is the refreshing podcast, and to give you an idea, it's 20 past five Scotland time, and I'm speaking to Kieran Deal, who is in LA, am I right in saying? And you it are. is 20 past nine in the morning, Kieran, is that right? Yeah. That's right. It's the crack of dawn, according to uh, Ed Fringe time, I think. Yeah, I feel bad for sort of getting you up so early, but welcome (laughs) to the refreshing podcast. Like, I wish that it came with a Coca-Cola in the mail, you know? When I see you next week, I'll bring one for you, okay? Oh, I love that. I love that. Free stuff. It's my love language. (laughs) Placement, placement, product placement. There's so much to to talk about. First off, we have something in common, and I'm just going to kind of launch into this. So we both have something in common. This is a very strange way to start an interview, but it will obviously make sense as we go through. We've both been attacked, and we've both needed plastic surgery. Now, that's probably where the similarity ends, because you have been shortlisted for countless awards, including Emmys and Academy Awards. You are a brilliant actress, director, stand up so kind of the top line of that for the disasters in our lives are kind of parallel but outside of that everything falls by the wayside that in effect forms your debut show at the fringe this year which is called joystop 14 to the 28th of august at the gilded balloon so just touching on what i said there in terms of a horrific attack that kind of if you don't mind almost to say take me back to that moment and that moment to where it's led you to do the fringe show yeah um you know Wait, for, I'm first, I'm so curious, and I know this is technically my interview, but I was like, it's very rare for somebody <laughs> to go, we were attacked. And I was like, well, I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. I can tell you mine now, or you can tell me yours first. No, it's no, no. You. Tell me yours. Tell me yours. This is going back. I assume you would have heard of the Grand National, which is a huge horse race. It's probably the biggest horse race in the world, which is just outside Liverpool. To cut a very long story short on going back a good couple of years, probably about four years or so, give or take, a load of us were there working the event. Uh, We down tools after a long day and six o'clock, there was a DJ on and we're all stood around in a tent. And a guy, after a little bit of a slight altercation with his girlfriend to a small degree, came over and launched at me and run at me and grabbed me and headbutted me several times and it bust my lip what we think happened and this was in front of at the time my girlfriend who is now my wife and a whole host of work colleagues what we think is that maybe a ring on his finger had kind of caught the lip on me and it was literally hanging off like it, it was gone but you sort of don't know and I remember kind of running out the way getting out the way just literally running backstage to, to get away from this guy I managed because I'm so small I managed to kind of wriggle out from under his arm and left like a punch up in its wake of all these other people ended up going to hospital and had plastic surgery about two days later so that is mine. I want you to now tell me yours, but feel free to ask anything. I can see the shock on your face. Yeah, because it's it's also interesting. Like I haven't heard someone else. I talk about it in the show and I've been doing it as a work in progress, you know, and there's always yeah. a moment when you tell it is it's comedy. Right. And it's like, but there's yeah. always a moment when you say what happened during the attack. You can feel the audience kind of it stops the room. You know, it's a, quite a gift for me to uh, be on the other side of that. If that makes sense. I think there's something quite shock. It's just, it's just very shocking because you're like, oh, you seem like a person who's like having a nice time. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like, it's just quite unexpected. It's, it's true shock. 
And I imagine that's where the similarity kind of comes together at the same time as well, because this guy, slightly unlike yours, we, I remember who it was. He was kind of escorted out the, the premises and it was kind of, that was where it ended up. There was no follow-on from that. It was the police trying to look for CCTV. There was nothing there. And obviously the whole thing sort of died of death. I know that obviously takes you into a different world because with your attacker, but again, it was unprovoked. It was something which happened on a working day, but it was outside working hours, even though it was in the same venue of of what the work was at the time. But for you, you were out having a drink in a wine bar and were walking home with your friend after stopping off at a convenience store. Is that right? And then it sort of... Yeah, it was very quick. It's exactly kind of what you're describing. You're kind of having your day, doing whatever you're doing, eating your... Do you have Cheez-Its over there? Cheez-It crackers? Um, we don't, know. Um, I've a, never heard of that. No, It's but a fabulous, it's- fabulous salty treat with... A, <laughs> it's like a cracker. It's like if a cracker fornicated with cheddar cheese. Again, if I come and see the show, I'll bring you some mini cheddars. It's probably the closest <laughs> we're going to get over here. Okay, great. I don't so, know if you've got mini cheddars there. Yeah, no, mini but it sounds the same. Shopping <laughs> list. Do you, do you want any bread or milk as well? Just let me know. <laughs> I was like, we got to offset it with some veg from some veg because yeah. those, you know, yeah. with to go with it. But the um, nice little Greek salad as well. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds perfect. And so we were walking outside of the convenience store. And I had my mini cheddars, essentially like the American version of mini cheddars. And he just comes up from unprovoked, just talking to the friend, comes up from like the left side at the time, didn't know what was happening. Right. But just like, I just felt like this heat on my eye. And, and then I just kind of like it just, everything went black in this eye. And then I just kind of went down and I hear my friend go, what the fuck? And then the glass I just heard it smash. And so what had happened was the man had kind of come up behind and he had taken a, a bottle and smashed it into my uh, face, like a kind of like a bat, really. Um, so it was very hard and it led to some fractures and and they did catch him. That is kind of the difference. And so it went to preliminary hearing and then an arraignment. And, you know, there was a judge, the whole thing. It was all very law and order. In America, they use this word that I don't like. I call it like the V word. It's like a victim. They like refer to you as victim. And I was like, so sorry, those aren't my identifiers. I prefer cunt. And so, (laughs) you know, they kind of, you get quite a weigh in on what happens to the person. So the judge makes the choice, but you have a say that they kind of take into heavy account in the case of violent crimes. So this one was assault with a deadly weapon, which I always say is like, I know it's like very law and order. It's very chic. So yeah, it almost kind of feels like you can have that on a (laughs) t-shirt. I know exactly. I was like assault with this. It's so official. Oh my God. And then the date. (laughs) <laughs> Which, just to bring in, this was only about eight months ago. If anyone's listening now, this was, Dece- uh, was it November, December last year? This was December of last year. Yeah, it wasn't a very long time ago. The second surgery was, you know, the first one is like they fixed the face, but then the breathing was still messed up afterwards. And so it was still only about, God, I think it's been seven weeks since that last surgery. So there's something still quite raw in terms of the trial and his verdict is over. But it's funny that like, 
you know, even yesterday I was like, California has something called, and none of this is funny. And I promise the show is funny. I will say the show is funny. Like it really, really is. I was listening back to one of the tapes and I was like, is this too funny? Like I was, which is a hilarious thing to say about your own comedy. You're like, oh God, is this, but just also you want the audience to ground into the reality of the circumstances too, if that makes sense. Like as a person who went through an attack, obviously it's wildly serious. Like it's really quite harrowing. And I think for me, the gesture was like, how do you take something that was so, so truly dark and just, and then find the light in it and take it from being a solitary experience to one that you can kind of share with people. And it's like that transmutation. I think in that Times interview, I said, it's like the comedian's version of turning water into wine. But I think that's really true. It's like, it's the way to take something really dark and hopefully make it something like bright that we can all you know let the air out of the room a little bit you will probably think this as well because it happened with you with your friend next year there's also that thing of when the dust settles to a degree and particularly for me i was kind of thinking about this as you're struggling to go to sleep blood on dresses of people you were around and you know seeing your friends throw punches because it had kind of kicked off a little bit as well and there's that kind of thing of it's happened to you but you also think shit from what other people have seen, I imagine that plays in your mind as well because it's all, for me, it almost felt a bit embarrassed. I felt a bit like, oh my God, like, sorry guys, like, I'm, I didn't mean for that to happen to you as well. Does that make sense? Yes, that's interesting. I, I think for us, it was such shock. Like, we were so shocked. I will say that, yeah, I would imagine it's really scary to be the person seeing it happen. I don't know if what it felt like for you, but for me, it at the time, it's like your adrenaline just kicks in. So it felt like heat and pressure. I think I remember when I finally saw my face in a mirror, it was like, I almost like fainted just off of looking at the damage. I was shocked at my own face, you know, because when you don't see it, you don't know what it looks like. Do you know what I mean? You don't have yeah. a point of reference. It's almost like you can only feel what you're feeling. And I think you're adrenaline kicks in and like all this stuff kicks in so that you don't feel it as much as you would feel it. It's truly not as bad as it looks just in the beginning, but there's something about seeing your own face where you're just like, you step out of the matrix for a minute and you're like, holy fuck, that's me? I don't know if you yeah. felt that way, but it was a very bizarre question. And then the other question, and I don't know if you had this, all those other people were standing around, but you're like, gosh, like, you know, what was it? It's like, is this guy like hate Princess Jasmine that much? You know, like what is happening? You know, <laughs> that it's, you know what I mean? Like, did you remind him of someone, you know? Being a very small, thin lad amongst other people who have probably had at least one or two drinks too many, maybe one or two other substances too many as well. You know, I think that played a huge part. That's something I wouldn't just throw around lightly, but I think, yeah, you know, something's just kind of made him go, mm, and it just that moment, and that was that, and that reasoning where I, I probably could have maybe done one or two things slightly different, but he might have lost loads of money on the horses. The ironic thing is, you know, and he's took it out on me, the ironic thing, and it's funny with what you were saying, I remember being extremely up on loads of bets that day, and then basically had to pay the best part of about £80 cash to get me from <laughs> um, the race course to the hospital, which uh, in a black cab was not the cheapest. When I got my plastic surgery, a couple of days later, the incident happened on the Friday. Monday was the surgery. And <laughs> I remember the surgeon walking through 
and he had a cup of tea in his hand. Very English thing, as you're probably thinking here. And it was like this. He was shaking like something else. The tea was coming out, the morgue all over the place and walking through. And I remember just sat there and I was with my mum and I sort of looked and there was a couple of other people in the waiting room. We're all there. We all know we're getting plastic surgery. Something's going on. And I just said to the nurse, I was like, is that who I think it is? And she was like, yeah, he'll be doing the operation soon. I think you're second in. And I was like, the man can't hold a cup of tea without it falling out the fucking mug. How in the name of God is he going to fix my lip? And the nurse had to come round and like literally get the blue roll and mop it up. It was okay though, you know, something farcical and everything, isn't it, Kevin? It really yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a, that's a really hilarious, I would be so, that's scary if you saw your doctor, <laughs> if you saw your doctor and it's like, he's just like Gumby over there, like that's, that's not chic. We don't want that happening for you at all. Yeah. You have to laugh, otherwise you're just going to be a ball of anxiety, basically. You have to laugh. You have to choose to laugh, especially because so much of that is out of your control at that point, you know? just to sort of swing back into the show. So kind of remembering the incident, understanding, processing that whole attack, both before, during and after, sort of leads on to forgiving. And and am I right in saying because of the system over there, you kind of almost decide in the attacker's fate for, for once of a better sentence. I'm, and, I, and to be clear, it's not just that you, and I wanted to tell you two things because you were saying 80 quid, 80 quid for the the taxi. So my ambulance yeah. ride, this isn't in the show, but you'll, you'll appreciate this. It's like my ambulance ride was, I don't know, less than about two miles, you know, very close, five minutes away. You could have jogged there from where I was in 10, 20 minutes. That ambulance ride was around two grand, you know, $2,000, you know, it was like, the other thing is I was very lucky at health insurance at the time, but they have something in America called the No Surprise Act that they have implemented. It's like the worst version of a surprise party, right? Like, let's say that you go to the emergency room. (laughs) And then it turns out that your insurance doesn't cover the emergency room, but you were at the emergency room. So you, how would you know? You had your leg broken or your flips fallen off or whatever. So you go to that emergency room. So now they have to tell you if they don't take your health insurance. And this is called the No Surprise Act. So that there's no surprises, essentially. You can't be treated by any emergency room. There's no surprises. Okay, fine. The ambulance that gets you to the hospital is not covered in the No Surprise Act. So there can still be a surprise in the ambulance. (laughs) And I was like, that's not, what are you, like, so your ride, like, I mean, I remember Gina Yashere had a joke about this. She's like, you would be better off having the number of a limousine in your wallet and calling them and being like, well, I'm injured. I'm going to go to the nines because it's cheaper. Healthcare everywhere is challenging. Here, it's just wildly expensive. It is baffling because, you know, as much as we value the NHS so much over here that it is just free healthcare to all. And that to happen on the Friday and for me to almost get sorted out a couple of days later was a true credit to every single person from A to B without getting a massive bill at the end of it. That just seems ridiculous because especially as well, whatever happens, I guess, if you paid that two grand, it's game over. You're out of pocket after something horrific's happened as well. It's a horrible bit of icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like terrible icing to a terrible cake. And then here they have something, and I don't go into this in the show, it's called the California Victims Compensation Board, which is like if the person that 
in a, a case of violent crime, it's random, you know, and there's no resources from the person. They're supposed to help get you sorted. But they are so, like, I was on the phone with them yesterday being like, and they had jotted down just bungled bungled your basic social security number so it's like they've done nothing they've done nothing in like eight to nine months that's what i mean when i say it's a really interesting thing to have it be ongoing it's weird that you can ground into how real it is and it's like it's almost like now the show is its own thing do you know what i mean like it is it's what happened but it's almost like you've been able to take every piece of that show and make it very funny and very much as you see the world like you get to be instead of the victim of the story, you know, to an extent you are the, you're the main character, right? Like, cause the victim always feels so helpless, weak, you know, and there's something about taking back the story that's really, really powerful and really fun in the process, which is very different than the real life experience of it. Just to sort of quote, you did kind of a, a little bit of a joke, which I'd seen on one of your, um, social medias uh, well there's mo- loads of jokes on there you're a comedian so you can expect more than one <laughs> joke <laughs> they're all funny but one of them which stuck out was it's 2022 the idea of someone hating someone for the color of their skin is ridiculous just get to know them and then you can hate them because you know them and you then know they're probably a bit of an arsehole do you think it was a like it was racial w- would you say that or would you kind of just think no this guy was just off his head if it wasn't you it would have been the person next to you or the person behind you a couple of minutes later i truly don't know i mean i will say that it was like i was the only person that he hit there weren't a lot of people around the friend i was with was a white person it was like so close to a convenience store that was like run by indian people so like i always say a little bit of like home turf kind of vibes i think of it in my own brain as if he was just off his rocker just but the truth is I'll never truly know how much it was he was off of his rocker versus how much it's like, you know, the color of the person. I'll just never know because I never got to talk to him about it. I never got to ask. I never got an apology, you know. So, like, I remember the lawyer was like, you want an apology? She almost, like, laughed when I said an apology. And I was like, that's such a lawyer thing that they're like, I mean, you can just say... Never say sorry because you admit blame. Yeah, exactly. It's like that thing if you bump into someone on the road, isn't it, in an RTA? You want him to say sorry, but it's also... The other thing is, yeah, it's not just like, don't admit blame, but there's also this question of like, words, you can just say anything. Words mean nothing. I say shit every day that I don't mean. Like, you want him to apologize? That's so stupid. He could just say the words. And I was like, that's such a lawyer way to look at it, that you can just argue any point. You can say anything. But the show gets into, like, you know, kind of how do you want to treat other people? And, And I don't think there's any easy answers. I think that's the other thing I'll say, is however someone would react, if it was punitive and they wanted to send the person to jail or they or prison or they wanted to advocate for something else. It's like, I don't think there's an easy or a right answer because we're all like kind of enmeshed in this like web of shit, like a web of bullshit. Like you said, that 80 quid cab or the way that the doctors, you know, kind of walking around like essentially jive dancing with his tea in your surgery. (laughs) I mean, there's always like a number of factors that don't make those decisions easy and it's never going to quite be fair I think that's the really interesting thing about making it a story is that you're able to kind of create a sense around something that was senseless and put it into words that kind of will take the experience and, 
and hopefully turn it into something. The comedic element, and it is fair to say there is an awful lot of comedic elements in the, you know, the word joy is in the title of, of the show. Yeah. And just to kind of hark back as well, is it you're looking at kind of the forgiveness angle of the joy of growing up and going back to childhood and revisiting those amazing memories you had. You grew up in Coventry, so you are UK born and then, you know, despite the accent, you've lived in obviously America f- for many, many years. But are you going back to those early days with mum and dad in Coventry and right through to relive those joyful moments? I don't know how many joyful moments there are in Coventry. I've never been, but <laughs> wildly I can't imagine few. as many. Wildly few. I mean, this show is, <laughs> I think this show has evolved into a little bit more of like the attack was a joy, like the attack was a joy suck. But like, I think all this time, it's like throughout this whole process, you were called a victim. And it's like, I've just never really seen myself as a victim. I see myself as like, yeah. you know, more, it's like villain energy, more of a neglected mother. You know what I mean? I see myself as like holding a glass of wine and being mean to a child on a boat. And so <laughs> this doesn't quite incongruous with the victim stuff. So it's like, I feel kind of like a, yeah, like I feel like a bit haughty about the whole thing. Like I was like, this is really ruining my plans for the year. I was working on getting rich again kind of thing. Like, how dare you come here and smash me in the face with a bottle? And like, and how do you kind of reconcile your own image of seeing yourself as strong or powerful and quite frankly, having agency? How do you reconcile that with like being called repeatedly victim 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 and you're like not my identifier so sorry i don't relate that's not that's not what i go by sir contalot contest like <laughs> these are more along the lines of what i would do are you excited that it is the first fringe to bring the show to edinburgh to a diverse audience will will not call you a victim in any way shape or form the only victims in this for my mind are someone who won't book tickets to go and see you that's the victim status i'm going to put on someone because it's going to be that good um, <laughs> are you looking forward to hitting up scotland for uh, for the couple of dates you've got booked in i like truly can't wait i think it's going to be really fun it's forgive me we got into quite a serious conversation in this I was like that's absolutely fine but I'm also thinking like as well honestly you've only got to look at your social media to know how funny things are it was one of them where I think like do I turn around and mention this it's something I've never talked about in a podcast before it's never really gave the opportunity yeah, to come up course. and say by the way someone was an arsehole to me but I was like I may as well say it because I think why not we could do a show next year together. Tandem, like tandem can, <laughs> show. I was going to say, this is, people are watching the Genesis. This is the workshop of your show at Edinburgh next year. <laughs> I don't think I need to join you. I think I'll just, I could maybe do the intro, you know? Yeah. Just give us your work in progress notes and I'll, I'll take <laughs> it from there. Yeah. If you can't do one night, give me a bell. I'll sort it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got it. You got it. I was like, and now yeah. a special guest. From the horse races outside of Liverpool comes. Yeah. Exactly. Coming straight in. Yeah. (laughs) On one of those little comedy ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Little wooden one. You'll come in on wooden one on a pole. Exactly. You come in with that and then you just kind of are are racing it and you're like, and we were going, smacking your own bum. It'll be great. I promise the show is very funny. It's, I think it's really cool. I think it's, I really appreciate because this won't be, this will be so unique. This won't be like any other interview. This will, you know what I mean? Like such a unique experience that somebody was like, yeah, somebody randomly attacked me. And I was like, well, that's quite rare. (laughs) Hold my pint. (laughs) Exactly. I was exactly, exactly. We will both be taking self-defense classes together after this. It's been really 
exciting to see the reactions of audiences and just I do think that the show itself, just the material, I think where it goes and the fact that they caught the guy and there's this trial, I think all of that's so wildly interesting. I mean, it's just fascinating what happened, even if I was like outside of the story, right? So the goal is to try to be a good reporter of like what happens and also imbue yourself into it. Do you know what I mean? Like put how you, your own perspective on yourself to understand like I've never felt shitty so like how do you handle this situation when you go through it so that you can hopefully have the audience like sit in your shoes but also remember that while they're calling you a victim it's like you're also a comedian and that's the lens through which you look at the entire world do you know what i mean so it's just from the kim kardashian like valley girl district attorney who's like oh my god like do you remember that that happened to you and i was like do i remember when somebody hit me in the face with a bottle you stupid bitch yes i yeah eight months yeah exactly i'm sorry is your question do i remember like what do you think i'm doing do you know what i mean like what do you think my life is that i'm just like going running gauntlets of swords and like fire eaters like what do you think is happening so (laughs) there's plenty in there that's that's really hopefully very fun and you'll get a sense of born in coventry which i think we all know is a shithole that's right okay great yeah yeah uh, yeah. Yeah. i'll let you say it because i've never been but yeah you can get away with saying it because you it's on your birth certificate (laughs) it is it is it is god bless god bless and listen i'm very grateful to have been from there i was born in a hospital where grave was in the title so i think they really (laughs) really set you up for being a comedian just right from the beginning you know what i mean like i was like they're giving these nurses a mandate yeah or grave for dead funny i don't Uh, know yeah exactly great that's that's the angle it's the the british grave exactly it's the british grave yeah (laughs) so so yeah it'll be a ton of fun i hope i hope that people enjoy it and is there anything else sort of the accolades from you being an actress, uh, directing, like I said, nominated for an Emmy, nominated for an Academy Award from something you produced for HBO, albeit many years ago, but it's still absolutely amazing on the CV. Is there anything sort of around that sort of touching in? I also know from your website, the last quote on the homepage is, you love sleep or naps um, and ice cream. So I'm wondering, like, is is that coming in? Uh, ice know, cream is, is definitely, uh, ice cream will definitely make it into the show naps make it into the show i mean that's very funny i didn't even think about yes i'm not doing the napping my mom did a lot of napping she does a lot of nap when she was helping to care for me i don't know how your mom was but my mom was just napping up a storm she was napping i mean it was she would do some caring and then she would do some napping and then she would do some watching of doctor who and then in between the programs do you need some soup you know what i mean like, how is your eye does this dressing need a change because it's all green yeah yeah exactly it's looking green but you know what we'll get to it do you know what i mean we got to find yeah, out what these yeah. fictional characters are doing first you know yeah, where's that sonic screwdriver going first? Yeah, for do- yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what it was the whole time. So it's uh, naps and ice cream do make it in. That's very funny. I didn't even think of it. it I can pass you these notes. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> and that's, I'll email you the notes. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
It is going to be a absolutely fantastic show. I'm sure you're going to go down the storm. The Gilded Balloon as well, in that whole area where the Gilded Balloon is, the Assembly's not too far away. You've got the Pleasance. It's an absolute hive of activity. The whole of Edinburgh is a hive of activity, and I can say that genuinely because um, I <laughs> was walking through from the Pleasance earlier on today, interviewing another act. You just have to get your elbows out, but I, I guess you might be used to that to a degree. If you've ever been to New York, it's kind of a little bit like, hey man, out the way. So much to see, so much to do. It's at 9.40 as well. So Gilded Balloon in the lounge, it's venue 14 at 20 to 10. There is a Soho date as well, just to bring that in. So that is Soho just after the end of the Fringe on the 2nd of September. So if anyone's listening to this in London, you can also catch your show there as well. Even though we've just had a little look back at the recent past, back to those days in Coventry, um, what have you got in store? What's on the slate for the future, Kieran? Have you got anything else to, I imagine, not to get attacked so you don't have to do some kind of sequel, <laughs> I imagine it's probably high up. Yes, I mean... High up on the agenda. 100%. I think that the main goals are like out here not getting assaulted. That's going to be number one on the list. It's a funny thing that like it used to be like, oh, if I had a good day, I won 80 pounds in a bet. And now you're like, I had a good day. I didn't get hit in the face. Do you know what I mean? I didn't get into a car accident. I always think of it like a car accident. Yeah, my lip's okay. Yeah. My eye's okay. Oh my God, crushing it. Oh my God, my entire yeah. face is still moving. Love this. Oh my God, this day, it's like in a way it lowers your standards in like the perfect way. You know, you're like, oh, I can look at me. I'm still moving my face. A plus day, you know? Yeah, eight months ago, it's horrible. Whereas now it's more optimistic to go. I can always look in the mirror and go, well, I've seen a lot worse. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know? So exactly. if I'm looking okay now, I'm all right. Yes. Yeah, and you say, right. okay. Described as one of the 11 Asian US comics who killed it and need to be on your radar. There was a bit of an added quote on that to say, go and see you before you get too famous. <laughs> um, so I will, I will remember this for when you do pick up that Academy Award to drop in the refreshing podcast into the speech just before the music gets louder and you get dragged off. If we can agree on that, that'd be great. If, if that ever <laughs> happens, I'll make a point of obviously mentioning the refreshing podcast. I think that makes a ton of sense. And also... I would say if you're not talking long enough, I would say the opposite of Joe Pesci is the way to go on an Academy Award speech. Like he was like, thank you. It's been an honor. And then he just gets off stage. I would say just go, go forever. Make them take you, not just play you <laughs> off, make them physically take you off. Yeah. Or until like it falls off her on ABC, <laughs> whatever happens. Yeah. Just like, come on, it's gone through a black screen. What the hell? Yeah, this we don't care yeah. what you have to yeah. say. Because when you're watching it, you're like, everyone's just like, oh my God, thank you. But when it's you, I'm sure you're like, oh, you know what I mean? So it's a very hilarious. A little bit of the other stuff does make it in at the top just to contextualize where you're coming from and and then where we're going. I, I think hopefully we'll be able to tour this hour. Hopefully I'll be able to put it out um, as a special at some point. Yeah, I have some other stuff in the works. I feel like you're plotting. You're plotting in your little cave alone and you're not allowed to talk about anything until it's public because nothing's real until it is. You know, we have a lot of development yeah. in the entertainment business. So, but there's some stuff I'm really excited about that is feels really, you know, like honest and, and funny and some great collaborators. So... Couldn't be more vague in what I just said. 
vague is one thing, but when it gets sort of, you know, pen over pencil, please come back on and tell me the vagueness when it has a little bit more substance to it. If we can agree on that, I'd love to have you back on and uh, tell me what you're working on next when you can actually tell everyone else what you're working yeah, on next. Yeah, <laughs> of course, Johnny. This was such a delight. I so appreciate it's <laughs> it's uh, a match made in heaven, really. Yeah. And we can compare photos of the attack if you want. I can say there's what I look like. If I you, love you know, it. we can put them on the big screen. I can airdrop them to you, whatever you Great. want. Great. Airdrop sounds, sounds <laughs> airdrop sounds excellent. We'll start a WhatsApp group, you know. Yeah, we'll get a couple it, people yeah. involved. Yeah. If yeah. you're listening to yeah. this on the internet, send us your links in the comments. Le- We'll put those yeah. onto like a and big, then, we'll make a pick collage. It's going to be really. By the end of the run, it'll be like, oh my God, who's had the worst injury? <laughs> <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Instagram, it's shipped from Kieran at the Gilded Balloon, 14 to the 28th of August with that date just a couple of days later on the 2nd of September in Soho. Full details online and of course via your website, Kieran Deal. And if you just search your name in the Edinburgh Fringe, main website you can find all the details you need to book at the gilded balloon um i feel like it's been a bit of therapy for the first 20 minutes but i'm happy with that yeah i'm happy with that if you no, are i'm happy with that I, johnny i think that it's because it's very rare for somebody to be like let me tell you about my attack on the horse field yeah man tell me you know <laughs> like old school very british way of fighting do you know what i mean it's like i feel like i'm going back to henry the eighth time exactly you know, like. <laughs> exactly you're really delivering for the americans on the the bridgerton of it all little downtown abbey little bridgerton in the yeah a little bit of braveheart as you exactly. come into scotland exactly. yeah i think i've nailed all three genres in just one chat <laughs> <laughs> Have yourself a fantastic fringe and I can't wait to see you live. Thank you for being a part of the Refreshing Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Summer Refreshed. Hello again, guys. Only me, uh, just to say, and I forgot to mention this, but Pod in a Pub with Edinburgh comedians Gareth War and Hannah Furweather. It's quite simply a podcast with two mates chatting about all kinds, both good and bad, recorded live at the Raging Bull. A host of subjects have been discussed in this short series from unique ways of winning the lotto, how AI could take over stand-up comedy, having a shit mid-golf round and then winning the tournament, Harry Styles speaking in bed, having your first kiss and calling a nun an ugly virgin loser. If you like award-winning stand-up comedy and have a spare 30 minutes, search Pod in a Pub on Spotify, Apple and Amazon Podcast and you can get clips and bits from the first series if you follow at Pod in a Pub on Instagram or X forward slash Twitter, whatever it's now called.